0: Hello and welcome to the Industry Leaders podcast. I'm Sarah Coboyle and on the show with me today is Melissa Nicholson, co-founder of Kettlewell Colours. Kettlewell, if you haven't come across them already, is in the business of colour. Founded in 2004 by Melissa and her husband John, the brand is all about making their customers feel good in the colours that suit them best. Now, finding those colours is somewhere, I think, between an art and a science. And I'm really interested to hear how you do it, Melissa. But um, first things first, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh,
1: thank you, Sarah. No, I'm really pleased to be here. Thank you.
0: I'm delighted to have you on. I wonder, could you tell us a little bit, what is Kettlewell Colours? What do you do?
1: Okay, so at Kettlewell, we sell colourful clothing in all the colours imaginable. And um, just so you know a little bit about Kettlewell, because it is an unusual name. When my husband and I first started the business, he said, if I'm going to be in this clothing business, it needs to be a sensible name. So he said a surname would be useful. So our married name is Nicholson and my maiden name is Kettlewell. And it's a little bit quirky, so we went with that.
0: Yeah, it's lovely and you got some nice alliteration going on too. <laughs> so your business model is really interesting and it's unusual. You're much more kind of involved, I think, than a typical clothing brand. So can you tell us a little bit about what do you mean when you talk about finding someone's colours?
1: Okay, so this is our point of difference. I never went into the business really sell clothes, for me, it was finding a solution. And that solution is identifying the colours that really resonate with you as an individual. It's really helping people to find those colours, because I know the impact that that has when you do discover the colours and start wearing them. It makes you feel so much more positive. It makes you feel like, you know, you're authentically you. And I think it's also how other people respond to you You know, you receive compliments, you feel positive, you kind of pass it on. And it's that whole messaging that really resonates with me. We started the business back in 2004 because really we were living in London. We had two children at the time, and we just felt we wanted to move to the countryside because. That's where we'd grown up and we wanted to give them the same opportunities. And it was sort of like, well, what are we going to do? So we had a bottle of wine one evening and I just kept coming back to the same thing. It's colour. I kept saying to him, I've got to do something with colour. I really, really feel for this. I feel like there's so much more to know about it. And I want to share this with other people. So my background had been in fashion company You know, I'd worked on photo shoots, I'd done all sorts of things there. So I had an understanding of the clothing business and I said, What about just selling T shirts? Let's just start with t shirts because they're, you know, if you do colourful tops close to your face, that's a good place to start and it's straightforward, isn't it? So he said, yeah, okay, well, let's go with that. That's how the idea came up. It was based on, you know, previously, both of us had had our colours done. I don't know if you know what that means, whether you're familiar with the phrase, having (laughs) your colours done. That's
0: a little bit what it means, yeah.
1: Okay, so there are lots of colour stylists in the world, lots in this country. And it was actually John's mother who had her colours done back in the early 90s. So after she'd had her colours done and was made a winter, she started wearing her colours and received so many, Compliments and she was completely taken by it. So she then said to John, Oh, I wonder if you're a summer. I wonder if you're a spring. And he said, Oh, well, Mom, you're driving me crazy. Just give it to me as a present. So he went off to have his colors done and was diagnosed a summer. And then the same thing happened. He started telling me, Oh, I think you're a summer like me. And, you know, and he actually bought me this beautiful lilac cashmere cardigan and a silver necklace. And they were basically his colors. <laughs> and so then I went off to have my colors done discovered I was a spring which means that I suit very light bright warm fresh colors and the lady the stylist who draped me so draping means you put these scarves colorful scarves around your neck and you look in the mirror and you do this in natural daylight and you see it's literally you can see it as soon as you put these colors around you the colors that work for you, your eyes just sort of sparkle you can see that your skin lifts the shadows minimize it's really extraordinary when you're in good light and you have really good drapes and they go through this process it was really obvious to me and I saw it and I've been wearing black you know fashion company on the King's Road. Everyone wore black. I wore black. There certainly wasn't black in any of my spring palette. I saw these sort of sunshine yellows and apple greens and corals and turquoise. I said, oh my goodness, these colours. I just don't remember wearing them. I've been wearing black and navy and white and grey. And I said, well, where can I buy them? I want to buy them now. And she said, oh, you'll have to wait for the spring. You have to wait for the springtime because no one sells colours like this in the winter. Now, this was just before I got married in 1990. That thought stayed with me. I've been through this journey with this colour stylist, discovered the colours that really, really make me feel good. And I can't shop for them now. I mean, obviously, there are more colours on the high street nowadays than there were back then. I felt it very strongly at that time, so it stayed with me. And then, when we were looking for something to do, and when we were leaving London, it sort of—it was there. It never left me, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. And did you start out as kind of online? Were you the start of the e-commerce, or were you catalog? Or how did it start out?
1: Yes, both. So back in the day when we started, we had to dial up to get broadband. I don't know if you remember those funny little noises it used to make, to download orders. And we produced a catalogue. Everything was very, very basic. And I must say, when we first started, it was a real failure. As a lot of businesses are, it was hard work. And we were lucky to be able to produce some clothing in colours because every factory we went to, they said, what, small quantities, lots of colours? I don't think so. It was really, really hard to get that production going because we were unknown. Anyway, we managed to find a factory that would produce some goods for us and then producing the catalogue. You know, we were doing this down in Somerset. Oh, I also had a baby, another a third baby. So I had a baby. We were trying to produce a catalogue. The first photo shoot actually was, when I look back now, I think, how on earth did we do that? I actually had nine models. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I booked an upstairs room of this pub. We had nine models. I had my brother-in-law as the photographer. We had my sister-in-law as the makeup artist. I dragged my hairdresser out of her salon and said, can you come and do the hair for the day? I had my cousin who was five months pregnant as the stylist. And all the models were friends and cousins and people. And my poor brother-in-law, Ben, who had to photograph everybody because, you know, I mean, if you're not a model, I mean, people don't realise it's actually quite hard having your photograph taken and trying to make the clothes look good. It's the longest day ever. Um, anyway, we did it. It's a great catalogue. It's really good fun to look back on. And really, I suppose we just learned as we went along. We made it up. We learnt. We kept saying, well, if Johnny Bowden can do it, surely we can do it. You know, yeah. he was in Dorset. We went far away in Somerset. And yeah, I mean, you have, you have to dig deep, don't you?
0: Absolutely. And fast forwarding, if that's a word, can you tell me about the Colour Studio? Well, the Colour Studio is really, really exciting. It's basically a shop. It's a physical
1: shop, but it's next door to our warehouse. So it's down in Cricket St. Thomas. And the reason it's, we're calling it a Colour Studio on lots of reasons. Obviously, it's not on a high street, so you do need to book to come. So you can go online and book your spot. Again, going back to that same messaging it's not just about selling clothes, it's about helping people find the colors and styles that work for them. And in this color studio, we have these wonderful kettlewell stylists who are all trained by our brilliant Joe, our lead stylist here. And so that they understand which colors suit you and which styles suit you and how to put a capsule wardrobe together or a holiday wardrobe, whatever you're looking for. You know, it's for your lifestyle, for you. It's not just, yes, try this skirt on, here's a black top to match. Actually, no, it's about, you know, let's look at your colour palette and what works for you and try these colours. And it's like seeing the colours come to life. Like when you wear one colour, that's great. When you wear two, the magic starts to happen. And when you wear three, it all comes to life. But it's how do you do that? How do you do that with your palette? And How do you know your palette? So in this color studio, it's a space where we can really, really demonstrate how the colors come together and help the customers shop show them the styles that work for them and give them confidence. And we've only been going for a week, but I have to say, I mean, I just kept popping over. I was very distracted last week. I kept going over and saying, oh, I just need to go and see, see how the customers are getting on. I was just literally watching in the background, seeing these customers. Some of them, you know, would feel a little bit uncomfortable to start with. But as soon as they came out of the changing room and were helped by the stylist, you could just see the confidence in them you know, just trusting somebody who knows, you know, is the expert, who understands how to achieve the right look for them. So I'm really excited by it. This is something that I've wanted to do for as long as we started, actually. I could see that there's only so much you can do online. It's actually physically helping people. That's where the magic really begins. And I think anyone who's starting out, if you're not sure about your colours, we do actually have a brilliant colour quiz. So you can go online, do our colour quiz. You can play around. You can kind of see, oh, actually, yeah, those are the sort of colours I love. Which other colours are similar? There's lots of playing around to do. And I think some people need a bit of that, need to understand it for themselves before they're ready to commit and go and get their colours done. Yeah, and I'm really excited. I feel like this is the beginning of something.
0: Yeah, it seems fantastic because what I really like about it is that you're not just, you know, like you say, selling T-shirts to people, but actually you're kind of giving them the skills to go off and explore and find the things that work and start pairing colours and fabrics and different things together. Like it's a really fulsome experience that you're giving to your customers.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's what it's all about. I know for myself, you know, having my colors done, yes, I understood those colors that suited me. You know, then I sort of struggled, A, with how do I put colors together, but also it was the styles. It's like I always used to cover myself up. I was always teased for having a big behind by my brother. And so I used to wear huge, great jumpers and cover everything up. And then I had my style done, and the stylist said to me, Your number one rule is to show your waist. And I was like, I've never shown my waist. She said, you need to show your waist. You have a waist and that will minimize, you know, your curvy behind. And of course, my husband kept saying to me, I've told you that forever, but I didn't listen to him, obviously. And so I started doing that and I started playing with shapes and that gave me huge confidence. And I thought, gosh, people think I've lost weight, but I haven't. I'm just dressing for my shape. And when you understand your shape and also your personality, your personality type, then it helps you to choose the colors. It all comes together. So understanding your style, your style personality, you know, your body shape and architecture. You put all of those things together and that's when it really, really works. And that's when you start feeling
0: good in your clothes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And customers must respond. They must have such a great response to this.
1: They do. I have to say I am very, very close to my customers. So when John and I first started, he was very much the business, technology, the finance. He made the business actually viable. He made it happen. But I was, you know, obviously creative and colour, but more importantly to me was the customer. I used to just answer the phone the whole time. You know, if the phone rang, John would run away and I would run to it. And I would go, oh my God, it's a customer. It's a real customer. And I would just take that opportunity to chat to the customer and find out everything about her. And I learned so much. And I did the same with all the stylists. So, like I said in the beginning, you know, it was a bit of a disaster in the early days because we didn't have any customers. And, you know, the internet wasn't like it is now. It was difficult to get out there. Once we'd mailed all our friends and family, we'd sort of run out of, you know, customers. So, actually, I just sat on the phone and I spoke to all the color stylists in the the land and listen to all the customers and we effectively started the business again we were just selling t-shirts and actually it wasn't really our market you know we had to sort of really think about the necklines and so much more that goes into it you know the kind of the building blocks we sort of effectively started again got together with a better factory and just learnt 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 learnt
0: and now I have to say I'm just really proud of what we built yeah, yeah, you should be. How do you maintain those connections with customers now? I know you're great for the Facebook lives and things like that. How, can you tell me about that?
1: <laughs> My least favorite subject at school was drama. When I had to go and speak in front of anybody, I would just literally, I would just hide. And so, well, we started the Color Club. The Color Club is basically a private Facebook group. We started it in lockdown, and. We could see that, you know, obviously the customers were at home and people were frightened and just feeling a bit down. So we just started doing these lives where Joe started to do them and she's absolutely brilliant at it. And then she invited me and I think one week she wasn't there and I did it. And gradually over time, I've just been building my confidence and realising I'm just talking to my customers here. I have got braver and I actually feel like I know a lot of the customers. I like to make myself available I try to respond where I can when I have time. I was invited to one of the lunch parties with, I think there were about 30 ladies there. And I thought, yeah, why not? Let's just go meet some customers. So I just went on a Sunday, just got on the train and went and had lunch with my customers. It was funny, actually, because they were waiting at the door and I could hear them saying, she's coming, she's coming. And I thought, gosh, who are they talking about? And I thought, "What me, me, just little me. And anyway, of course, they're all just lovely, normal people. And I just found myself really connected to them. And actually, I think that's the wonderful thing about colour. It attracts just wonderful, wonderful people, I think, anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And how did they surprise you? Do they come to you with surprising insights or observations? Oh, yes.
1: I learn every day from my customers. Yeah, they ask all sorts of, you know, pertinent questions. I mean, that's everything I do. So like with the new collections you know, I've got pictures of my customers. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling them this, but um, I've got pictures of the customers in clothing and I'm looking at what their shapes and what are they wearing? What do they feel good in? And then I'm trying to replicate that and I'm trying to build on that. We have something called Wishlist Wednesday in the Colour Club where it's just like throw out all your requests, whether it's colour request, style request, something we did previously. And um, I'm normally there at midnight having a look. And I do try my best to make their dreams come true. Obviously, I can't do everything, but definitely for me, that's where my learnings all come from.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And how closely involved are you in the design part of the business?
1: Well, it's funny because I don't consider myself to be a designer. It's not what I ever learned. Somebody said to me, but you are a designer because you create things that people want. So I suppose from that aspect, I'm a designer. So I am heavily involved because I am that person who is just really looking at what the customers want. So actually just around the desk that I'm sitting next to now, we have just got hundreds of little sketches and pictures and we just move them around. With most brands, they'll sort of have like a lead brand personality in a sort of like color palette. With me, I'm trying to accommodate all color palettes And all the style tapes and all the body shapes. So it's a huge amount of people to try and work towards satisfying. So there's only so much we can do. And I try to rotate and I try to bring in new things. But yes, I am very involved in the design process, even though I don't think of myself as a designer. (laughs) I think you definitely are, Melissa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And can you tell me a little bit, I suppose, about how you? managed growing the business to where it is today? You know, how have you gone about managing your team and responsibilities between you and John, you know, kind of in the earlier days? And I know you have recently acquired, which is very exciting. Yes. But uh, yeah, could you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. So again,
1: you know, we made it up as we went along. So when we first started, it was literally just John and I, and then we got a bit busy. So we we got an, another person in. And then as things grew, as you probably know, the more people you have, the more Managing, you need to do. I would say John was particularly brilliant at this. He's very personable, and he would always go around and make sure everyone was all right. Now that he's exited the business, you know, this is something I've been really looking at and really enjoying. I would say our team—we are very, very lucky with our team. Everybody cares enormously. I think that's why we have great customer service because everybody cares. John's philosophy was that um, everybody should do a bit of everything. Everybody should know how to do everybody else's role, so we can all cover each other. That has been absolutely brilliant for us. I'm finding now that we have grown a little bit more that we do need to define everyone's roles a little bit more, which is what we've been doing. I think we can be more efficient like that. There are lots and lots of changes. I mean, I feel over the years, it's like we've been evolving and there's changes as we evolve. So in terms of the team, the customer, the brand, everything is just evolving And I think that's one of the things that I enjoy the most. I actually am an unusual person. I love change. I love moving. I love moving on. I love having ideas. I love bouncing with other people and, you know, having that sort of breeding of ideas. So whenever something's not quite working, I'm very happy. You know, I'm straight in there. Let's sort it out. Let's find a solution. And that's with everything. Just, you know, people and product. It's, you know, continual evolution and journey.
0: Mm. And with that in mind, how are you responding to the cost of living crisis? How is that affecting the brand and what are you doing to protect the brand? I have been
1: thinking about that. And I would say that it always comes back to the same thing for me. I can't change the cost of living crisis. But what I can do is be there to support my customer. Even if she's not shopping, I can still support her. You know, for instance, in the Colour Club, when we do our lives, And on our social media, a lot of it is give, we're giving to our customer. So I feel if somebody has shopped with me before, even if it was three years ago and they can't afford to shop now, I can still help them to find ways to wear the wardrobe that they do have. And then, when they're ready and when there's something that really resonates, it's worth investing, then they can just add a piece. At least we will help them to discover which pieces are really, really key and they can just add to their wardrobe, you know, when they can afford it. I don't want to go down the route of sort of discounting or changing our whole structure because I just feel I would rather give people support and use the educational piece that we can offer. I think that's really where I'm at with it.
0: Yeah and it's it's a more sustainable approach as well.
1: Oh yeah sustainability that's another another word and again because the fine brands who've acquired us their focus is on sustainability and it's really really made me think about it on a daily basis how are we being sustainable. What can we do? How can we improve? I'm always on it. But where I've come to again with that is, you know, we're doing it in our way. Yes, I'm always looking at natural fabrics. I'm always looking at those really good ingredients that you start with, really, really good fabrics. Start with the quality and then it will last. But I'm also looking at the cost per wear. So if a customer chooses well with our help and guidance, then she will wear the clothes more regularly and they will stay in her wardrobe for longer. And therefore, the cost per wear literally will go down. We've even had some challenges in our colour club where we say to people, right, see how many times you can wear something and who can get down to the lowest cost you know, per wear. And it's things like that, you know, that I find is my sort of way of supporting sustainability is sort of like helping the customers. If we all do this together, we're all one big team. We can get together and really make our clothes last. My parents actually instilled in me this thing of not wasting anything you know, whether it's food or clothing. I mean, I remember my mum, every evening, she'd have her sewing basket and she'd be darning socks or mending things. You know, nothing was ever, ever thrown away. You know, I wore my brother's clothes and handed it on to my sister. You know, we would just pass all the clothes around. You know, when we went to school, I never had new anything. Everything was secondhand. And even when things were really, you know, past, it was the end of its days. You know, my mum would still go down to the jumble sale with things. So I've grown up in that culture so it's instilled in me not to waste things so even for instance here with stop, nothing goes into landfill don't throw anything away it's like we work with this wonderful charity called new life charity for disabled children we work with them so that end of line you know if we've got any last pieces left over from the end of the season we donate those to them and then they will sell those on obviously at a discounted price that's important that whole kind of circular thing goes on so nothing is wasted.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah absolutely and can you tell
1: me how did the connection with new life come about? Well this was about 10 to 15 years ago and it was literally an ex-work colleague she was here and we were looking at ways what should we do with our end of line and she actually introduced us to them she knew them and we've been working with them ever since and they're a great company to work with.
0: Yeah yeah they are absolutely and I think I read also that your factories are all in Europe is that right?
1: Yes, if we count Turkey, near yeah. enough. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so factories, again, for me, business is always about people. And like I mentioned that things were a little bit tricky in the early days, but the factories that we're with now, we're with them because we have a connection with them. So for instance, in Turkey, we work with this wonderful factory and I consider them to be my friends. So John and I have visited them many, many times. They have a brilliant ethos. And it fits with us. So I think with all of our factories, I've got to have that connection with them. I need to know what I am delivering to my customer. I need to know all the detail. I need to know that it's the quality that I'm proud of. I think that connection with the factories is super important to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. and Especially if you're getting questions from your customers directly in the Colour Club. Oh definitely. Yes. You're more accountable to them. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm off to Portugal tomorrow, going to be visiting three factories tomorrow. Yeah, and then Florence actually next month.
0: Melissa, just just kind of before we start to wrap up, what's really jumped out at me in what you said is that you seem to take a very collaborative approach of everything. You know, it's all about people and working together. And I wonder if you were to give some advice to someone who's running a small business, you know, about the same size as Kettlewell, maybe who are looking for investment, what kind of thing would you say to them?
1: Well, I have my three P's, which I always remind myself about passion. I think you've got to have the passion, otherwise, What's going to drive you if you just sort of set up a business because you need something to do? I think that's quite hard because you've got to have that passion to start with that really pulls you through. So when things are really bleak, it lifts you up and takes you forward. And then point of difference, I have to keep reminding myself, but I'm very easily distracted. I often look at other things and I go, oh, that looks exciting over there. And then I have to bring myself back. What is my point of difference? Colour, let's always bring it back to that colour. It's the colour choice. So I think point of difference is really important. And then perseverance perseverance is something that I discovered that I was good at. It's something I can do. I wasn't particularly brilliant at school, again, probably being distracted, not very focused and something else outside the window was always more interesting. But actually, when I started working, I realised that I was actually quite good at it. And my boss at the time then said to me, if you want to be successful in life, perseverance is really, really important. And I connected with that word. And I thought about it. And I thought, okay, I might not be able to do things really quickly. Or I might not be a head of the game. I tell you what, I can keep going. You know, when the chips are down, I can keep going and keep going, keep going. That is what sort of pulled us through. So when things were really, really tough in those early days, I know John really struggled. And he said, I think it's time to do something else. We've got to put some food on the table for the children. And I was like, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I feel this. I know this is going to work. It might take me some time, but I'm going to keep going. And I said, are you with me? Luckily you stayed with me but it's perseverance <laughs> if you can keep going and really really believing that it will work and that passion it leads the way and you just keep going and you'll get there that's what I've done anyway well it seems to have worked
0: Melissa that was fascinating thank you so much oh it's an absolute pleasure
1: I really enjoyed it thank you Sarah I really again.
0: enjoyed it too and I think Lo's there to think about and to learn from as well so yeah oh, thank you very much for coming. thank you thank you that was Melissa Nicholson from Ketwell Colors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast and don't forget that you can catch up on all of our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for now. So for me, Sarah Boyle, and all of us here at More Too, take care and bye bye.